What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. And a bit of a, a different episode this week. We're recording this one uh, as Sunday Night Football is currently going on. So um, we don't have predictions for you today, unfortunately. We're going to be kind of discussing and breaking down uh, week 12, I guess it is now, of the NFL season, the results. Um, but we have to first start off with some college football today, huge weekend, uh, rivalry weekend in college football, and we saw some incredible games. Obviously, we're going to touch on the game, Ohio State, Michigan, to kick things off, but also just some other good games. Washington, Washington State was really good. Alabama, Auburn was a classic. Um, so a lot of really good competitive games. But like I said, we're going to start off things off today without uh, not Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State versus Michigan. Michigan, for the third year in a row, wins this one 30-24, super close game. Kyle McCord throws an interception with, you know, less than a minute left on the clock, I believe. Um, you know, Blake Corum for Michigan had two touchdowns. Uh, Maserati Marv had a good game for the Buckeyes. Um, a really close one, but now it's kind of got everyone thinking, is Ryan Day going to get fired? He's now one in six against top five opponents, has lost to Michigan three years in a row. Your thoughts on the game? And then, obviously, um, I feel like the biggest kind of storyline that has now come out of the game has probably been relating to Ryan Day. So, any thoughts on that, too? Yeah, I mean, starting off with the Ryan Day thing quickly, I don't think he should be fired. I, like, I get it. I do. But I, I just think it's he's too, too, too soon into his tenure to really judge whether, you know, it's just happened that he's lost a few close games to top five teams or you know, if he's not a great coach. And I guess it's possible that he's not a great coach, but like the Georgia game last year, I don't think there's much he could have done. I, I mean, even this, the game this year, like I just, I felt like they were a little bit worse at quarterback. And that was yeah. the main difference. Um, You know, I don't think McCord is bad, but he's not really even a very good college quarterback at this point. He just... It feels like whenever anything goes wrong, he's just kind of screwed. Whereas a lot of these college quarterbacks are athletic enough to to make a lot of plays with their feet and stuff like that. And just doesn't feel like he quite has that. Maybe he can get there. He's still a young guy, but just doesn't feel like he's, you know, in this top tier of quarterbacks. Outside of that, um, obviously a great game. There were a lot of like close calls. It felt like um, between like the the touchdown that looked like it could have been an interception, and then there were a few other close calls as well. Um, outside of that, like Corum had a pretty pretty big game, um, and it's just like what an what an atmosphere. Like I I'm not yeah. someone who really has had a stake in this either way, um, but it's just like such a such a cool game like the everyone's storming the field like yeah so it's it's so like you don't, almost don't even get that in the nfl in a way like there's there's a certain level of like the college football atmosphere that you know i think the product in the nfl is better but i just you don't really get to see that very often um something like that so what about you yeah i mean it was uh as someone who kind of has rooted for ohio state for a while especially the football team it was a a tough one seeing them lose again, especially a third year in a row. Um, yeah, on the Ryan Day stuff, like, yeah, I, I get it. And it's warranted to be concerned because when you're at Ohio State, the standard is, you know, beating Michigan every year and also, you know, beating the, t the best teams in the country. Um, you know, you look at some of those games, obviously, against the top six opponents, uh, you know, Michigan the last few years, obviously, like, nothing they can do there. They've just gotten beat. Um the Georgia game was super close, obviously. Um, the year before that, they lost to – I think it was maybe two years ago they lost to that, you know, Alabama team that no one was going to be in the in the playoff finals. So it's just like some of these things are not out of his control, but, um, you know, he's – it's not, you can't blame him for everything. I do think that there are some times where it feels like he's coaching scared, especially against Michigan, like some decisions that I think, you know, whether it's going for it on a fourth down or – or just the play calling uh, could be a little bit improved. But yeah, I agree. I wouldn't fire him. I think, uh, you know, I think there's still, I think he's got a good hold on that locker room still from what it seems like. It seems like his players love him, play hard for him. And, you know, also you got to look at it as like, who else would they really hire per se? Like, obviously they could get pretty much anyone in the country, you would imagine from, for the most part. Um, but it's like, who's really 
who are you going to hire per se that's out there that's like going to make a huge difference unless it's like you bring back an urban Meyer or something like that which you know I don't know if urban necessarily would be open to that I don't really know and I don't think that's what Ohio State wants to do right now so yeah I don't think Day will be fired in terms of the game itself like you talked about it once again like hit the nail on the head like McCord just is it's just a level down from what they've had the last few years with Stroud and Fields and Haskins like they just haven't had a quarterback like at McCord's level um in a little bit he's just not wasn't good enough um he didn't even have a bad game per se obviously the two interceptions um, you know, we're, we're big and, and came at pretty bad times. Um, but like, I thought he made some pretty strong throws in this one. Like I, I didn't think it was a terrible performance from him. I think you saw the Ohio state defense much improved from the last few years. I mean, we've, we've heard about it all year, but you know, their defense, they did a much better job against the run this year, obviously, you know, in the fourth quarter and the, you know, it started to unravel a little bit, but it wasn't like the past few years. Um, so they were in the game man. it, it was just. Like you said, there were some close calls. Um, they had the missed field goal. I think that was huge, too, because obviously, you know, they they were basically in range again at the end. So what are you going to do, though? I mean, Michigan hats off to them. They've, they've played great three years in a row. They were doing it without Harbaugh, too. you got to give them all the credit in the world. I mean, they've been going through a lot these last few weeks, and they stepped up and made the plays. So, uh, you know, barring an unforeseen loss to Iowa in the uh, Big Ten Championship, they should be ranked in the top two in the playoff once again, which is, you know, they, they've Jim Harbaugh has done an incredible job at turning that program around from where it was, you know, three years ago when they hadn't been Ohio State in, you know, how many ever years it was. So hats off to him. And yeah, it should have been, I didn't even realize this, but I know I'm on a rant right now, but um, if Northwestern had beaten Iowa at the game at Wrigley, they lost by three points on a game winning field goal. They would have been playing Michigan this weekend in the Big Ten oh, Championship game, that's which hilarious. is crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I thought I'd throw that in there, but yeah, um, credit to Michigan, man. They did, they did it again, and tough time for Ohio State fans, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to get into some general college football playoff talk. I would say, like, this has probably been one of the most competitive years in terms of the amount yeah. of Power Five teams that have one loss or less. Um, obviously just going down the board, Georgia looks like, I don't know, are they, I guess they're obviously in with a win, but like with a loss, then it gets complicated because then you probably let Bama in over them. You probably let Texas in over them. You probably let Michigan over them. And then it's like Washington or a Florida state or, you know, two of those three teams are going to be getting left out. So, I mean, yeah, before getting into all the scenarios like like that, I mean, it's just, you know, they're in a what, you know, in a really tough matchup, obviously, against Bama. That feels like it could go either way. Um, and then Michigan, you know, they're probably going to run over Iowa would be my guess. But I just, you know, I don't I just don't think Iowa has the offense to even compete with Michigan, even if they can hold them to like 28 or 21 points, something like that. Um. But then it gets it starts to get really interesting where you got Washington against Oregon. I believe Oregon is like seven and a half point favorites for this game, which is really easy to me. Um, so I guess that, Washington's that's, played in some close games recently, though. Yeah, so, so I guess that's where that's coming from. Yeah, so I I don't really get that, but I'll I'll take Vegas's word for that. Um, just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, but that's obviously a super important matchup where it looks like the winner is going to get in, but there's so many teams that it's possible that somehow like an Oregon maybe would get left out if they win. Um, and then it's like Texas is probably on the outside looking in, but they beat Bama. So if Bama beats Georgia, then it gets really weird. Um, and then there's of course the Florida state thing and they're number five right now. And if they go undefeated and beat Louisville next week, like I think they will, despite the Travis injury, um, which is obviously another thing that the committee is like not supposed to take into account. But then, you know, it's like, how do you not <laughs> away? Yeah. Um. So there are a lot of really like, I think we just named seven or eight teams that all have a chance here. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't really know what happens. My guess is Michigan wins. You know, Georgia, 
I don't know. I I think Georgia and Bama are really evenly matched. It just feels like Bama is playing their best football right now. I'll lean towards Georgia in that game. I still think Washington might have the edge on Oregon, but again, that could go either way. And then I guess Florida State is probably the weakest team of all of these, but like I said, they haven't lost yet. So it's almost yep. impossible to leave them out, assuming they win against Louisville, who just lost to a six and five Kentucky team. So I'm not super confident in Louisville either. So I, I guess what it ends up looking like is maybe, well, what are the rankings now, right? The, this week, well, the AP poll just dropped. And right now it's, I know that's not what it is, but just yeah. to get a hint of what it could be right yeah. now, the AP poll is Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida state, Oregon, Ohio state, Texas, Bama. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So it seems like Washington or Oregon with the winner of that would definitely be in seems like Michigan and Georgia will be in definitely with the win and then Florida state as well. Um, so that's just how it seems right now. But then it's also, I guess the one thing that does complicate things the most is if Bama wins, because that's almost yeah. like a twofer in a way, because Bama then leaps in. Georgia is still a question mark because I think everyone in their heart of hearts does think they're a top four team in the country. Um, and then you have Texas who beat Bama. So that gets even more complicated. So I, I keep coming back to that, but that does seem like the, the one thing that could really cause complete chaos here. Um, and then they still have Ohio state at six. My guess would be the committee has them a little bit lower, but even then it's like, it's still possible with a few of these losses that Ohio state yeah. maybe sneaks in here. So there's a lot to go over. Um, what, what, yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think it's, I think this year is by far the best we've seen with the college football playoff. Like it is, I think they've got a shot to get two really good games on the schedule, which I mean, they did last year was probably the best we've seen. Obviously the, the final sucked, but um, yeah. the the two games before were some of the best games of the year in college football. So um, I think, like you said, Georgia with a win is obviously in Michigan with the win is obviously in Georgia with a loss is still probably in, I would say. Um Michigan with the loss, though, is probably out, I would say, if they lose to Iowa. Um, not that I think they're going to. I think they'll probably run through Iowa. Um, I don't think Iowa is going to put up more than like seven points that game. Um, so, yeah, I think Georgia and Michigan, I'm going to say Georgia wins. So Georgia and Michigan get in. I think the winner of Washington, Oregon has to get in, no matter who it is. Um, and the loser has to be out, I think. Um so I think right there, then I'm I'm going to say Georgia gets in either way and Michigan will win. So then I think Georgia, Michigan, and then the winner of Oregon, Washington, that's three spots. And then the last spot, I think, is where it gets really interesting. You've got Florida State playing Louisville. If they win, I feel like you have to put them in. But it's tough because it's like you look at all these good teams that are in the rankings right now and it's like do you really want to put in a, a Florida State team without Jordan Travis that's like probably gonna get killed not and maybe not killed but like they probably don't really have a realistic shot to if they're like number four playing like Georgia like I don't really like I think there's better games out there Texas I think is kind of screwed no matter what I don't really feel like they can leapfrog all the way to four unless because if Bama wins, then Bama's getting in over Texas just because they beat Georgia. And I still think Georgia gets in over Texas. So then there's no path for them there. And then if Bama loses, Georgia, Michigan are probably in the winner. And then, like, would they leapfrog Florida State? And the Ohio State is super interesting, man, because it's like I think last year they had a much clearer path to getting in than this year. But at the same time, it's like they lost by six points to what's going to be probably the number two ranked team in the country. Um, they went undefeated. Otherwise, they beat Penn State. They beat Notre Dame. Obviously, I think them not playing this weekend is probably their, the biggest disadvantage just because, like, if you look at, like, Texas, like, if they beat Oklahoma State this weekend, who's ranked 19, like, they should probably leapfrog Ohio State. 
Um, but it, it's interesting for sure. I, I think Ohio State, to me, the only way they get in is if Florida State and Texas lose and Georgia wins. I think that's – then I think they're in, actually. If if Texas loses, if Bama loses, and if Florida State loses, I think Ohio State has to be in. I think that's their only path, though, I, I would say, which is pretty rough. But, um, you know, I guess it could happen. But I think it'll be interesting for sure. I, I think this week this week's rankings will be very indicative of where things stand also um, because obviously, like, let's say Ohio state moves to like seven or eight or something like that. Like then it's like, all right, there's, I think they would have to be ranked like six probably to have a shot. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. It's going to be fascinating to see. Um, we'll definitely talk about it next week on the podcast. I would assume after, I mean, we'll have to figure out when, because the selection show would be Sunday, December 3rd then. Right. Correct. So um, we'll either be, I don't know when we're going to film the next podcast, but um, we'll either be talking about the college football playoff or predicting it once again. So I don't know. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? I mean, it's 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 truly fascinating what's going to happen, and I hope that there's some like I don't. I think no matter what happens, there's going to be like a question mark. I think a hundred percent. Like assuming Michigan takes care of business, I think then there's three teams that are locked in no matter what, I would say it would be Georgia, Michigan, and then winner of Oregon, Washington. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how it that seems like most likely, but it feels like there are a lot of things that could definitely happen here. Um yeah. my only f- last final thought is just like the the playoff is expanding to 12 teams next year. And like yeah. we're not necessarily going to get these types of competitive races between the top, top, top tier teams in the country, but at the same time, we are going to be able to see more of these matchups between the top teams. So I don't even know. I think we have to see the twelve team playoff before we can really think about you know which one is better, or, you know, stuff like that. But I'm just interested because this is one of the last chances we're going to get in like this older version of college football before you know all the conference changes uh coming soon and then obviously the 12 team expansion where it feels like it'll just be i guess it, it like this year it would be just like maybe like penn state fighting for a spot but you know those that's not really a team that's like playing in a conference championship necessarily so that's always going to be that's going to be interesting but i'm excited to see how this year plays out and then how the future years play out. I part of me does wish we got a 12 team playoff this year, just because it does feel like there's like eight teams that's like, well, they could maybe win a national championship this year. Like yeah. it very rarely does feel like that in college football. So um, certainly, you know, something to be said about maybe the transfer portal helping, you know, some parody and stuff like that. Don't want to go on for too long about college football, but um yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see how this weekend plays out, like I said. Yeah, I think I mean I the 12 team this year would be I think awesome cuz like you said like this is the the most like top heavy we've really seen like where there's like like you said like eight legitimate like or seven eight nine ten. I mean there's a lot of good teams like even like you know LSU obviously they've had some losses they're ranked 13 but like that'd still be a fun team, you know. They're SEC team like with Jaden Daniels like they could go out and beat almost anyone in the country probably, you know, on any given day. So um, it does suck that we don't have the 12 team this year um, because I think next year, you know, it's probably unlikely that we'll have this good. uh, But who knows? I mean, the conference realignment next year is going to make things so much more interesting. Um, It sucks, dude. The Pac-12, especially like the Pac-12 was literally like the best conference in the country this year. And it's just totally disbanding. It's it's crazy. But um Hey, that's that's college football these days. So yeah, like we said, uh, you know, whenever we film the next episode, we'll break down the the latest in the college football scene. It's gonna be fascinating to see how it all unfolds for sure. Um, hopefully it just turns into pure chaos. But um with that, we're gonna move on to the NFL, um, where you know, basically all the games are through at this point. The Chargers right now up three nothing on the Ravens, Bears Vikings square off tomorrow. Um, but we're going to kick things off. We're going to talk about um, kind of the main games. We're not going to touch on some of these kind of, you know, lower level matchups, but we'll start things out. Packers, Lions. This was a great game on Thanksgiving. And Jordan Love, man, he, he's silencing some doubters. He's, he's started to play a lot better 
threw for 268 yards, three passing touchdowns in this one. The Lions, bit of a mess, just didn't really get things going uh, until it was too late. Um, you know, I guess for both teams, like the Packers, obviously five and six now, you know, they're right there in the playoff hunt. Do you think this team, you know, from what you've seen the last few weeks, can make a run in the playoffs? And then with the Lions, you know, any concerns with this or just kind of one of those weeks that kind of all teams almost experience in the NFL, it feels like. Yeah, I'm I'm a little back and forth on the Lions. Like I do think, you know, it's it's easy to overreact to one game. It's a divisional game on a short week. So you don't want to overreact, but at the same time, like when the Packers are able to move the ball really easily on you, it 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 does scare you a little bit about your defense. Like, you know, how many clear above average starters do they have outside of Hutchinson it's that's a good question to ask and you know they're mostly solid everywhere else it feels like they don't have any necessarily weaknesses but as you get into higher and higher level of football you just need more studs in a sense and you know they're kind of lacking that um offensively I'm not super concerned it's it was mostly like fumbles and stuff like that like I don't think that's going to persist like even last week against the Bears, it felt a little bit more concerning because it was interceptions. But this week kind of just felt like some fluky turnovers. Um, so I'm not worried about the offense. As for the Packers, like, I don't believe in them still. But I'll say I think Jordan Love has at least earned himself one more year Um, at the very least. Like, you know, he hadn't looked good for his first 10 games, so it was hard to defend him, but it did feel like it was a little bit early to necessarily write him off. Um, So I guess he's kind of, you know, started to write the ship and figure some things out, as has Matt LaFleur offensively, and it just feels like they're making less, like, stupid plays as an offense where it seems like they're out of sync or whatever, you know, someone messed up the play call, something like that. Um, which is a good sign. And like you said, they're right in the mix. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the playoffs, but I don't see them, you know, they'd probably be in as the six or seven seed going against like the Lions or the Niners or something like that. Like that doesn't sound like an easy matchup, although they did just beat the Lions in Detroit. So, (laughs) Um, but I wouldn't, I would not predict the, the Packers to make the playoffs and or be competitive if they do get there. Yeah, I think that's fair for sure. I think, you know, they're probably a, about a 500 level team that, you know, hey, if they squeak in they're they're, you know, a seven seed that's, you know, not really great. Maybe they could, you know, squeak something out. I don't know, probably unlikely. But um, yeah, Jordan Love, I mean, I don't think he's a, you know, he's at least showed that he, you know, belongs in the NFL. He's not a, a Zach Wilson type player. Um, you know, he he's you know, he's solid. I mean, he's not great, um, but he's putting together some, you know, really good back-to-back weeks now. So you got to give him credit. Um, you know, he seems to be a little more comfortable in the offense now. For the Lions, um, you know, like you said, you know, defensively, it's always kind of been a question mark. Obviously, you know, they've got, they've got guys who can make plays. Brian Branch has been good for them all year. Uh, you've got, you know, Anzalone, 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 uh, Anzalone one of the two pronunciations. Yeah. Anzalone, yeah, yeah. He's a, you know, solid veteran linebacker there. Got some guys in the secondary. Um, so, yeah, they got guys that can make plays. This is an elite defense, no, and I think we, you know, kind of saw that this week uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, and offensively, I think you hit it, you know, hit it out of the park. You, you know, Jared Goff, uh, although the last few weeks have been a little, you know, worrisome with the turnovers. Um, you know, he he still gets the job done most of the time. Pretty solid quarterback. Amon Ra's great. Uh, Jameer and, and David Montgomery are arguably the best one-two punch in, in football right now at the running back position. So um, offensively, you know, this team is still elite defensively. Going to be interesting to see, especially against these, you know, elite teams um, that they're going to have to come across in the playoffs. You know, can that defense hold up um, or is the offense going to have to really carry the load? And, you know, can they go, um, you know, shot for shot with some of these elite offenses that, you know, we've seen, you know, looking you look in the NFC right now, uh, the Eagles' offense is is you put up a lot of points today. Dallas has been scoring a ton. Uh, the 49ers have got a, a lot of weapons there, so there's a lot of really good offenses that you know can the Lions keep up with. It's gonna be interesting to see going forward. But um, it's kind of all I got for this one. I don't know if you got anything else to add. No, um, you want to you want to talk about uh, Niners Seahawks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So, I mean, this was a not the most competitive game. I mean, like, the Niners came out pretty pissed off. They, you know, the Seahawks couldn't really stop them to start the game. They couldn't really score. They found themselves in a pretty big hole. They kind of got back in the game with a, a Brock Purdy pick six, but they just weren't able to build on that momentum. They ended up having a nice drive where they had to settle for three. And I think that cut it to 10, if I'm not wrong, um, something in that range. And it just would have been huge to get a touchdown there. Just feel like you're in the game. Um, outside of that, the Niners feel very much like the team that they looked like the first six weeks of the year. And, the Niners are definitely the type of team that when they lose, they look really bad and or not really bad, but when they lose, it looks pretty ugly. But, and when they win, they look like super dominant and unstoppable. And, and, you know, this is one of those weeks where they felt dominant and, and unstoppable. Like all the weapons were going, IU, you know, kind of got involved later in the game. Kittle is really good, obviously in the run game and the pass game. So he can make impact and a huge impact outside the box score. McCaffrey's going to do his thing. He had two touchdowns and, you know, Debo Samuel looks like he's getting back healthy and involved in this offense. I think he had 80 receiving yards and did he have a rushing touchdown as well? Yeah, um, he did. I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, So that's mostly my, yeah, he did. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's sorry, mostly my thoughts on the Niners, on the Seahawks. Oh yeah, no, no worries. Wait, can you, Okay, we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, yeah. sorry. No, you're good. Okay, sorry. Um, and then yeah, as for the Seahawks, little concerned about the Geno performance. Like, maybe he's a little hurt again. Short week against a really good defense. You know, that's obviously going to be tough. Um, but just feels like he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long, or not finding guys, or people aren't quite as open as they were last year. So, you know, a little bit concerned about the Seahawks and. I think we talked about it last week, how they have a brutal schedule coming up that started this week. And I think their next three games are the Cowboys on Thursday night again, and then the Eagles and the Niners again. So those are three really brutal games. They're six and five now. Um, so it's just like they could, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're six and eight in, after three weeks. So, you know, that they're still weirdly in play for a playoff spot, even if they are six and eight. Um, but you you really feel like you have to win one of these next three games to to feel confident in your team. And you know, you kind of look back at that Rams game last week and wonder, man, like we really should have won that one because it, it's not gonna get any easier right now. Um so yeah, there yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I think you put it really well. The Niners seem to be getting back in into the swing of things. You know, they had some injuries. You had Devo out for a little bit. CMC was banged up. Um, I think Ayuk maybe missed a game somewhere in there. Um, but now everyone's back, and and it's just a smooth offense. I mean, CMC has been such a stud all year. He had another two touchdowns, um, you know, five catches. Like, this guy's just a, a stud, and we had been knowing that. But it's great to see him, you know, put a full season – um, you know, these last two years on the field when there's a lot of concerns going into, you know, before last season, whether he could stay healthy and he's answered the bell. Um, defensively, I mean, this defense is just loaded. Charvarius Ward, I mean, had a great game on DK Metcalf all, all, all day. Um, you know, Lockett, DK, and Smith and Jigba only combined for eight catches. It just can't happen. Uh, you know, if the Seahawks are going to win football games, you know, Kenneth Walker out especially, like, those guys have got to get involved way more. Um, and obviously a tough matchup. This Niners defense is no joke, but um, just cannot happen. You know, one of those guys should be having eight catches every game, not the three of them combining for eight catches. Um, that's how you know it's a nightmare. But um, yeah, for Seattle, like you said, like they're kind of screwed almost. Um, you know, they, they they got a path to the playoffs. The NFC isn't, you know, super, you know, there's, there's a path to the playoffs at nine and eight or, you know, I don't know about eight and nine, maybe, but, um, you know, like you said, one of these next three games is probably a success Two, you know, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. So um, it's going to be a grind. Gino, like you said, seems like the elbow is is still an issue. I mean, he really, he he had a short week, which sucked. And it's not even like they get a benefit from the whole week and a half. They get right back on Thursday. So kind of unfortunate for them, but um, you know, they'll just have to make sure he's good enough to go. Um, you know, like you said, I think they play Dallas next week. 
Um, so playing that defense with a hurt elbow is, uh, you know, not, it could be a long day for Seattle. So we'll see how that goes. And like you said, with the Niners, just seems like this team is kind of back into the groove of things and, you know, eight and three now, you know, it feels like we were panicking once a while ago about this team. I think they were five and three and now they've won three in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're who we thought that they were. Next week is going to be great with them and, and Philly going at it. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just um, – I mean, I'm trying to look at the schedule. I guess we'll go to Black Friday. Um, talk about the New York Jets. I mean, they they suck. We don't have to stick on this game too long. Miami took care of business. Um, I guess there's not even really much to talk about with this one. I mean, Tim Boyle's not the answer. That's kind of all I got to say. Like, I don't, the people who thought that Tim Boyle was going to fix the offense. It's like, you're just not looking at the, at the team the right way. You know, the receivers suck. The O-line sucks. Yeah. It's kind of all I got. Miami, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's crazy. They're tied for the best record in the, the AFC right now, but it feels like they have like no, like really good wins against good teams. Um, and like you look at their schedule upcoming, it's Dolphins, Titans, Jets. Then they do have Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. So they got a kind of gauntlet at the end. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare there. But yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you just want to move on to one of the games from today. Yeah, no, I, I think you put it well. Um, the Yeah, the Dolphins, it'll be really telling when that, that three-game stretch comes up, yep. like you said. Yep. All right, well, moving on to today, um, I'm trying to look through these games. I mean, some of these games, Bucks-Colts was a pretty good game. Um, you know, JT, two touchdowns. Mike Evans, two touchdowns. Giants-Patriots, not so good of a game. Um, man, the Patriots are – they're going to end up with Caleb Williams, though. I'm convinced now, and it's just yep. going to be torture for the next gazillion years again. Um that would be unreal if they if they end up with Caleb Williams, and it's totally going to happen. I don't know if the Panthers can win another game though; they're so bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Steelers took care of business against Jake Browning and the, uh, you know, the Bengals. What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously they fire Matt Canada this week. The offense seems to kind of come alive. So, um, you know, obviously I feel like a lot of people have dogged on the Steelers just because of that offense and how bad it's been. So, from what you saw this week, obviously Cincinnati. You know, without Joe Burrow, not really competitive in the most part. But, you know, do you think there's maybe more upside or more, you know, potential for the Steelers team to kind of make a run? Obviously, it seems like they're trending towards making the playoffs. But, you know, has your outlook changed at all after what you saw today from the Steelers offense? Yes and no. Um, When you first asked me that question, I was all excited to give you a, a, a yes and, you know, say that this team can contend. But, you know, you look at it this way and – you know, what they did was they were able to get Fryer Muth much more involved. He had, I think, like 120 yards or something like that. Like, he had a huge day, which is obviously a great step for the offense. Najee had an 100-yard day, which is obviously huge for them. Warren was running the ball well. Pickens had a big catch. You know, Johnson doing his thing at times. I, I saw there was, like, a weird play where he, like, didn't try for a fumble, which was a little weird. But besides that, you know, everything seemed good and their record is good. They're probably going to make the playoffs. But then I was thinking about it. It's like they're probably going to play like the Jags in the first round or or the Texans or something like that. And I just I don't see them. Maybe they can win one. But then you you know, you're maybe going to Kansas City or Baltimore or something like that. Like it just doesn't seem like this team quite has a run in them. Um. But I was definitely impressed by what I saw. You know, obviously the Bengals are banged up, but not really on defense. So you can't discredit, you know, they finally got 400 yards their first game without Matt Kanza, um, which is a so little funny. bit funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think they made the right move. I think they're, you know, obviously maximizing how good they can be. But I just don't know if it's quite enough. Yeah, I think that's fair for sure. I think the thing I'm most interested about with them is just like Kenny Pickett, like, cause it's like so clear this guy is probably not anywhere near good enough to win a Super Bowl. But it's like, what do you do? Because like he's winning you games. They're they're winning, you know, they're gonna have a winning record again, most likely, unless they totally implode. Um, you know, he's kind of got some magic in the fourth quarter a little bit. Um, and he played pretty well today, but it's like 
what do you do? Cause it's just like, do you stick with them and just kind of settle on this like mediocrity and like likelihood that you're not going to win a Super Bowl, Or do you like draft someone this year since the class is pretty deep and like, you know, hope you end up with someone and they play behind picket for a year and then maybe take over and have more competition. Um, to me, that is what's most fascinating about Pittsburgh. Cause you look at this team right now, especially defensively, like TJ Watt, you've got, you know, Cam Hayward's probably not got that many years left in the tank. You know, Alex Highsmith's had an incredible year. Minka is there right now in his prime. You've got all these elite defensive players. And it's like, at some point you got to just like go for it. Cause it's like, you know, they, Oh, Pittsburgh always has a great defense, but, it's like you've got these generational talents almost on the defensive side of the ball. It's like the offense just hasn't lived up to the the standard. And they, you know, I don't know what you go do about that. I think they're in a pretty good cap space next year. Maybe they can sign some guys. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe that was this past offseason. I feel like they had some sort of cap opening up. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Um, but it's just like, you know, what do they do at the quarterback position? Because like you said, like, I don't think they're good enough to win a – uh, you know, make a run. Maybe they can win a game in the playoffs, but like, can they make a run? Probably not. Um, and it's like with Kenny Pickett at quarterback, like, will they ever be able to make a run? And it's like, I truly don't know because it's you see the the good moments, but there's also just a lot of kind of like, okay, this guy, you know, he is what he is. So it's it's very interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that about what they, you know, because I feel like they probably wouldn't take a quarterback, but it's like I just don't. You know, I think Pickett's better than Mac Jones, but it's kind of the same situation where it's just like, okay, you drafted this guy, and it's like, drafted him in the first round, and it just kind of feels like, you know, he's not going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl. So I don't know your thoughts. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, the way I saw that draft pick was they kind of gave themselves a five-year, you know, five-year run to figure it figure it out, and I think we've kind of already figured it out, and. I don't know because I think Pickett under a you know a much better offense could be better and I do think he's like the 23rd best quarterback in the league for what it's worth. So my guess is that they don't they don't move on but I think you got to consider it. You you got to you got to you know try to do what's best for the team and if you can trade him and your first round pick and some other picks and get up to, you know, maybe whoever becomes QB three, something like that. Like, I think you have to consider it because you've got weapons, you've got, you know, you you drafted a guy on the offensive line. I think you're right about the cap space. I mean, they're not paying a quarterback. So I I'd be shocked if they don't have at least some money. Um, I mean, everything is there in place besides the quarterback and maybe two or three pieces on the line. Um, but I feel like it's just it's time to get that quarterback and cash your chips in, even though this isn't that wouldn't that wouldn't be what you would expect from the Steelers. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. Obviously, Kenny, I mean, he's got a lot of time to play things out if he goes out and balls out in the playoffs. Obviously, we will eat our words as always. Um, but uh, it, it is something I think, especially with the Steelers, that will be interesting to see kind of how that progresses over the you know next year or so even. Um, Moving along, I mean, this game, Jags, Texans, what a fun one. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud. And get man, I gotta give credit to Trevor Lawrence. I, I've been a little down on him or a little bit, you know, call me a hater a little bit. Um, he balled out. He had three hundred and sixty-four yards passing, passing touchdown, rushing touchdown. He played really well, I think, the week before as well, which we didn't talk about, but he had two rushing touchdowns last week. So uh seems like he's kinda you know, not turning the corner per se, but just like, you know, playing up to the standard that I think we expect out of him for, you know, how he ended last year. Um, Ridley's getting more involved. Kirk had a good day. DJ Stroud balled out. I mean, 300 passing yards, two two, uh, two in the air, uh, one rushing with, you know, almost 50 rushing yards. He had a really good game. Tank Dell is such a star. I mean, this game was, it's, this is, I was so excited for this one. I think it lived up to the hype. Your thoughts on on kind of both these teams? Obviously, a huge win for Jacksonville. I think you know they've really established themselves as one of the top teams in the AFC. Yeah, no, I think this was this was like what we've been waiting for from Trevor Lawrence and this Jags offense. Like, you know he he's done enough to win most of their games this year, but it hasn't felt pretty or like it's easy or this offense is dominant in any way, really. But you know, 
against a weaker Texans defense, they were able to throw the ball all over the yard, get multiple guys involved. Um, Ingram had a decent day, you know, but then it was the focus was really the receivers of Zay Jones uh, and then Calvin Ridley and Kirk, who really I think they both had like 80 something yards, which is yeah. um, good to see from your top two receivers, obviously. And from the Texans perspective, it's like you still like the pod, the outlook is still pretty positive for them. They're still in contention for a wild card spot. They still have a outside chance at coming back and winning this division. Although I think that's like pretty unlikely, but again, anything could happen. And, you know, they have <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It seems like on a rookie contract for the next three years, which is ridiculous to think about, but you know, it just, the time is now like you wonder how aggressive they're going to get in this off season, just because like they have money, like outside of the first round pick this year, they're going to have most of their picks going forward. So I just, I wonder how aggressive that this timeline gets to try to see if you can, you know, get a couple free agent playmakers and sure up this defense or something like that. And, you know, they're playing hard for D'Amico. I think he's a really good coach. I think they've found something with their offensive coordinator so I, I'm really positive on the Texans still and, you know, big win for the Jags though. Yeah. Huge win for the Jags. Trevor balled out, um, you know, the receivers, you know, we talked about them all year, like with these weapons, like this is the type of performance we expect, you know, maybe not as good as this one, but like week in, week out, pretty close to this level from Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, he delivered in, in one of their biggest games, if not their, you know, most important, um, year, year to date. Um, you know, for Houston, man, I, I don't want to say this. I feel like, you know, the term, you know, I, I don't want to get too big on TJ Stroud, but I was watching this guy in this game today, and I just was like, he just reminds me of Patrick Mahomes a little yep. bit. Like, just the ability to kind of create a play when it's not there, escape the pocket, find someone open. Like, you kind of just see these flashes from him where it's like, okay, like, there's some Patrick Mahomes in there, and it's like crazy to say, but um, you know, will he be as good as Mahomes? You know, I don't think so. I think that's pretty hard, but he is an elite, elite quarterback. I mean, and this receiver room, I mean, Tank Dell is a stud. Like this guy is balling out week in and week out. Nico Collins has broken out this year. Like this is a really good, you know, team for the future, like you said. And you got to expect, you know, they're going to be aggressive in the offseason. I think, you know, if I'm a free agent, like you got to look to, you know, this team and be like, I want to play there. D'Amico Ryan seems like, you know, from his time in San Francisco to now, like his players really ride for him, you know, Houston, Texas, you know, low state income tax. Like there's a lot to, uh, a lot to, you know, be positive about this Texans team, their future. Um, you know, I think the O-line needs to get improved over time. You know, hopefully they kind of develop some guys there, maybe draft some guys there, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of good about this team. Like you said, still in the playoff hunt. Um, you know, they still got to play the Titans twice. They play the Colts. They've got the Jets, I think, on the schedule. So, like, there's a lot of winnable games there. There's a path to the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, man, this was much watch, must-watch TV, and it's going to be for the next, you know, 10-plus years with, you know, Trevor and CJ Stroud in this division. So it's awesome to see. Um, man, yeah, CJ Stroud, like, he's getting talked about so much and it's like, you expect this guy to kind of go and, and, you know, start, you know, disappointing, not disappointing, but like not living up to the hype that feels like it gets leveled up each week. And it's just like, he just doesn't. And obviously they didn't get the win today. Um, but I mean, they were right there. They, they, uh, you know, field goal off the post from, uh, tying that up and potentially sending it to OT. So great game. Um, but man, Trevor Lawrence also like hell of a game from him and, if he can continue playing like that, this Jags offense is, you know, not one to be messed around with. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the the game of the week or? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So another absolutely insane game for the Eagles. It feels like every week I said this before we started filming to Griffin. I was like, man, it just feels like we like try to make it as interesting as we possibly can every week. Like, you know, this week it's you can't move the ball in the first half. You're turning the ball over left and right. And then you start to move the ball all of a sudden. And you find yourself, you know, almost trying to get yourself out of field goal range at the end of regulation. And then, you know, in the rain, in the wind, Jake Elliott makes a near 60-yard field goal. I mean, this guy is 
truly a weapon. Like, like he just seems to never miss any clutch kicks, which I'm sure I'm jinxing him now. He's going <laughs> to use the chip this shot. This one next for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he's been really good. And then in overtime, able to hold the Bills to a field goal, obviously the miscommunication with Gabe Davis and Allen, you know, you just, I, I thought, I thought the game was over to be honest. I was like, all right, we, we played our hardest, but we lost. And then, you know, you see the ball falls incomplete and you're like, wow, we have a chance. And so many emotions through this game. And there's something to be said, you know, I just, my question is, you know, we can talk about the bills in a second, but you know, would you consider this to be like, this is great for the Eagles as in they're winning games, you know, and they're figuring it out. It's not necessarily pretty, but they're, you know, they're getting better and better every week and they they're fighting and there's no quit in this team. Or could you look at it like, you know, this is kind of like the Vikings from last year where it's like, they're able to win all these close games and put up a really good record, but are they actually one of these really, really good teams? And I think the fact that this team made the Super Bowl last year leans me in the direction that they are a really good team and it's just been a dogfight with a really tough schedule this year. Um, but I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with what you said. Like, I was just looking at their schedule. Like, their last three games have been the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills. Like, those are three of the, you know, premier teams in the NFL. Buffalo this week, I mean, the, since, you know, what's his name the the old offensive coordinator what was it was Ken it? Dorsey Ken Dorsey yeah that's what I thought um since he's been fired the last two games like Josh Allen has balled out this offense has been firing on all cylinders um you know Josh Allen still gets the interception of course eight games in a row now which is pretty crazy <laughs> um but you know he played just insane and so did Jalen Hurts I mean obviously Hurts had the two turnovers but five total touchdowns um you know, this Eagles team is is really good. I mean, we've seen it. Obviously, you know, they're not blowing teams out. They've only had, I just looked, three games this year This got decided by uh, more than one score. So they've been in a lot of tight games. Um, but they're really good. And, and they're, you know, I think it's different from the Vikings last year. And just, I feel like the Eagles are just like, I don't, it's like, I don't want to say last year was like, some of those Vikings wins were a little fluky, but like, this Eagles team, I just think, is just way better all around. Like, they've got a much better defense. The weapons on offense are, you know, obviously the Vikings did have pretty good weapons on offense last year. But, um, you know, Jalen is just such a, a threat with the legs. It's such a – this was a great game. I mean, I was – like you said, like that field goal from Elliott, like in the conditions, I cannot believe that went in. And then, you know, Buffalo gets the ball. And, you know, I think Josh Allen is out 0-6 in overtime or something like that, which is nuts. Um that guy is just – they changed the rules for him in, you know, the playoff format, and he gets the ball first. It just doesn't matter. The guy is not going to win. So maybe against <laughs> Buffalo, it's just like one. you just need to try to hit OT because then it's like a guaranteed win. So um, – but, you know, I think to say a loss is encouraging when you're especially 6-6, six and six, now 10th in the AFC, but this was encouraging, I think, from Buffalo. These last two weeks have been – obviously, you know, they were in a bit of a rough streak – and just seeing this offense erupt for 30-plus points back-to-back weeks and seeing the way Josh Allen has been playing and, you know, at the level that we expect out of Josh Allen, I think is super encouraging. And, you know, I think Buffalo, they do have a tough rest of schedule. Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Pats, Dolphins. Um, so they got it They got it out for them. But the way their offense is playing right now, you know, this team can beat any team in the NFL. So um, great game, like you said. And I think for Philly, just another one of those signature wins that, you know, this team is cruising to the to the number one seed once again, and no reason that, to think that it's going to slow down. I'll do, although I do think, you know, next next week is a big game. I think, uh, you know, especially it's both of these teams are pretty much relatively healthy. Obviously, Lane Johnson, you know, who knows what his status will be next week. Fletcher Cox, I don't believe, returned to the game today, did yeah. he? No. So again, another guy to you know, status to monitor, but, um, you know, the Niners got some, you know, good players hurt their safety. Obviously I'm not even going to try to botch his last name. Um, but so, you know, but relatively, I think speaking, we both teams should have a quarterback. I should just end it at that this time. Whereas last time, unfortunately we did not get to see that. So, um, I'll leave it at that. Any other thoughts or do you want to jump to, uh, we can talk about the Browns Broncos. I mean, that's both teams are threatening there. Yeah, no, just really quickly, like you said, like, um, 
yeah, I mean, this is going to be a huge game next week against the Niners just because it feels like the Eagles can all but lock up the one seed if they win. Um, you know, being 11 and one, whereas every other team would either have three or four losses and the Eagles would be, you know, have the tiebreaker, I believe, over all those teams. Um, it just feels like it would be hard for them to lose the division, especially when their last three games are Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Um, so it does feel like a, another huge game. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into Browns Broncos. The Broncos are so back somehow. I mean, it's not pretty, but they're able to run the ball. And I got to get some credit to Russell Wilson, man. Like, I don't think he's necessarily very good, but I also think he's making the plays he needs to. And most importantly, keeping the ball out of harm's way, which is you know, it's kind of a boring way to play football, but it also can be really effective. And the Broncos are showing that they don't, you know, they're not really elite at anything, but they're solid everywhere. It feels like they've gotten rid of most of the weak links on their defense. And, yeah. and you know, it looked like a really brutally bad defense to start the year. And now it's like, you know, an average to solid defense. And this, yeah, like I said, with the offense, they're not, again, they're not a lead at anything, but they move the ball. They don't turn it over too much. They've got a decent line. And Sean Payton's a pretty good coach, pretty good play caller. So they're probably not going to end up making the playoffs, but it doesn't matter. They needed to turn their season around and show some semblance of life. Like, I don't even know. Like, we, we talked about it a little bit. It's like, what do you even do with the Russell Wilson contract? Like, you can't even try to get out of that, I don't think. But... <laughs> Um, so yeah, now it feels like you can at least go into next year and be like, we have, uh, you know, some, something to hang our hats on as for the Browns, you know, this is a pretty disappointing loss. Like this defense, you know, we saw Miles Garrett get hurt. We don't really know what the deal is with that, but that, you know, that's not good. Um, you know, whatever that is, he's probably their most valuable player. I mean, definitely yeah. it's their most valuable player. Now that I think about it, like, you know, without a quarterback, it doesn't really feel like anyone on the offense is that much of a difference maker. And Miles Garrett's definitely the big, the big man on defense. So, you know, that hurts. You know, every game is really important in this super competitive AFC. I almost just said ACC, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but I think they have a bit of a lighter schedule coming up. So I wouldn't say it's all necessarily doom and gloom for the Browns, but like I said, any game you lose in this AFC is not not you're not going to be happy about it. Yeah, I think you put it well. I mean, the Browns are definitely banged up. You had Denzel Ward out going into the game. Miles Garrett left, I think, with a sling on his arm. Mari Cooper exited the game. DTR is concussed. Um, so it's not good. It, it's not good in Cleveland right now whatsoever. Um you got to wonder, you know, PJ Walker played all right, but you got to wonder, do they give Joe Flacco Joe kind of Flacco. the look to run the shop? And, I, you know, I really don't know what, you know, 38-year-old Joe Flacco is going to give you, but, you know, I may as well give it a shot. Um, but, you know, like you said, like I just looked at their schedule. They got the Jets. They've got the – I guess that could be the – if somehow Aaron Rodgers decides to come back with the lost season, could be the Aaron Rodgers Jets. But I don't even think with that O-line and receiving yeah. court, it's even going to matter. But – alas uh maybe then but you have the Bengals there too you got the rams next week i think the bear is still on there so like like you said pretty light um so you know they can probably find three wins in there um with how good that defense is but if like garrett's out for a long time and like ward doesn't come back and amari's out then it's like okay then they're just screwed um flip side you know denver is it's such an interesting team because Russell Wilson somehow ends up with like 150 passing yards only every game, but it's like you watch the game and you're like, he played pretty well. Like yeah. I feel like I was watching the game, I was like, damn, like Russ is kind of cooking. And it's like I look at the statue, I'm like 134 yards. Like what the hell? Um, he had some really good scrambles in this one too, using his legs, which you know, kind of what he was signature for back in his days in Seattle. Um, which you know, obviously he's older now, and we just haven't really seen much in Denver. But this team's won five games in a row. The defense has taken a like the complete 180 from getting 70 piece uh, by the Dolphins, which is just nuts that we're here now talking about this team six and five after that. Um, but yeah, they've been running the ball. Javante looks to be more like himself. P Ryan even had a great game. Um, Cortland Sutton is, has made some crazy catches this year. And 
yeah, I think they've just bought in. And I think we're starting to see Sean Payton, the value that he brings and, and just how good a coach he is because, you know, turning it around from one and five and, and winning five in a row, it's pretty remarkable. So uh, hats off to him. Um, you know, he's done a great job. And Russell Wilson, I mean, I think his, I was just looking at the stats, like his QB rating right now is, you know, at 120 or 103, 20 touchdowns to four picks this year. Like, it's pretty darn good. Like, Russ is, uh, he's been balling out. So credit to him, um, you know, and, and credit to the Broncos defense, man. You know, I think it's Vance Joseph in charge of that unit nowadays. I might yeah. be wrong. Um, but turning that around to becoming like a pretty good defense almost is, is it's pretty remarkable. I mean, remarkable. I mean, they've beat the uh, the Bills, Chiefs, and uh, you know the Vikings. The Josh Dobbs Vikings aren't an easy win. Um, so like they've beaten some really good teams in the last few weeks. So credit to them. Um, definitely a fun one. Not a fun one, but definitely uh, a cool story. I guess I don't know. Denver's you know good for them. I guess is where I should put it. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at, I guess real quick, the Chiefs, I think it's, you know, they got off to a rough start, then they outscore Vegas 31 to three to end the game. Mahomes really comfortable, 298 passing yards, two touchdowns, which I think was so key for this offense. This offense, you know, it just felt dead, you know, in the last few weeks, especially in the second half. Um, so I think it was really encouraging to see them play well. Rasheed Rice had a huge game over hundred yards receiving. Kelsey was great. Pacheco, two touchdowns. Um, you know, after that game in Philly where it was a little sloppy, the Dolphins game before, the Broncos game the week before, um, you know, where are you at right now with the Chiefs? Do you think this team is still the team to beat in the AFC? Has their offense, you know, are you still concerned? Um, kind of what are your updated thoughts after this week and obviously a strong performance from Mahomes? Yeah, I think I think they're still the favorite out of the AFC. But I'll be honest, I'm really excited for this Bills Chiefs game next week. Like must win for the Bills to really is that next it. week? It is next yeah. week. Uh no, it's the week after. Week after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Bills play. Oh yeah, Bills are on by, yeah. Are, are they are on by? Yeah, they are on by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that's the next game they play. Um so that'll be interesting. But you know, I just think that'll be a good, you know, kind of measuring, measuring stick for the chiefs again. But I think, you know, between Rasheed Rice and, and Kelsey and, you know, Sky Moore, I guess, getting back involved, like, I guess they're going to figure it out. Like they're just, you know, you got Mahomes. like, I think the best way to put it, he's just kind of thugging it out back there. Like, he's, <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't have the best situation around him with the playmakers, but, you know, he's going to find a guy and make a good throw if they're open. He's still got Kelsey, he's still got the legs, still got a good line, still got a great defense. Um, So I, I'm still confident in this Chiefs team, but it's still a little scary to go into the playoffs with, you know, no quality starters at the wide receiver position. So it's it's not all you know sunshine and roses after a slow start and beating the Raiders you know that's nothing to really write home about necessarily although they've you know certainly increased their level of play but just yeah I I would still pick them out of the AFC that's those that's what I'm thinking still what about you it's really interesting I'm trying to think I mean I guess the Ravens you got to have up there but like I feel like we've just seen the same old story with the Ravens these last few years this year is so interesting because it's like the Bengals have been like that team the last few years. And obviously now with Burrow out, it's not the same. The Bills could miss the playoffs, which have, they've been the other kind of Krypton, not kryptonite, but other like tough battle, it feels like, for the Chiefs come playoff time. So it's like you got the Ravens that are more up there this year. Um, but other than like the, I guess the the, te- the the Jags, but like I'd probably still pick the Chiefs over the Jags. You know, the AFC is as as much hype as I feel like it got before the year. Obviously, injuries have happened, which have, you know, hurt teams like the Jets, the Browns, the Bengals. Um, but, you know, it really doesn't feel like the, the top is really that elite compared to, you know, I think we could be seeing a, an NFC Super Bowl champion this year, whether it is Philly, whether it's San Francisco, whether Dallas somehow comes out of the NFC. I mean, you got to. They obviously haven't won the big game yet this year, but like they've been playing really good and blowing out, you know, the weaker teams, um, you know, those three teams, just because they've got great defenses and their offenses are, can be so explosive. You know, I would say right now I'm leaning towards a, an NFC Super Bowl champion. 
Um, but yeah, I think you would still, I'd probably guess I'd still say the chiefs at the top of the AFC just because they've done it before. Um, we've seen it. And, uh, you know, I think today was really encouraging though, because, you know, it, it was dark for the last few games, especially in the second half. So seeing, you know, them put together the offense a little more, seeing Pacheco have a few touchdowns, I think is definitely, um, encouraging for sure but it'll be very interesting the afc is is more interesting in a different way than i guess we thought going in but it's still uh you know it's going to be a come playoff time very interesting to see what happens absolutely yeah um anything else you want to touch on or um you know i think we kind of hit most of the big games for this week yeah no i think i think we hit on mostly everything yeah all right. Well, I guess that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Then, um, different different format this week, but I like it. I like talking about the games after the fact. Um, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There at Outside the Arena, our social medias will all be linked down in the description below. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena. <laughs>